Paul, big question of the summer, big, big question. Uh, can Michael Owen replace Ronaldo's goals? Happy 10th birthday, everyone. 10 years. Will we win the third title of the Rank Cast oh, decade God. of existence? We really this started this season. podcast at the wrong time, didn't we? We just got in there for the end of the glory days. Um, yeah, it's uh, 2019. If you told me in 2009 we'd still be doing this in 2019, I would have said that is not possible. It's a madness. Uh, but here we are. Ed, have you had a good summer? That's the I have. Real question. Yeah. Uh, so I watched actually a surprising amount of sport. Um, I wanted to switch off from the Premier League, <laughs> but <laughs> no. Sur- surprising to Su- surprising to nobody. <laughs> although I, I did want to switch off from football, although I did end up watching uh, quite a bit of football over the summer because there were three big tournaments on, uh, and obviously the cricket. And I think we're going to talk about the cricket in our bonus show. So we, we can't even mention, like, yep, maybe sure. maybe people haven't seen the highlights, so we don't want to spoil her. Hmm. <laughs> uh, we've had, had a month. month. Yeah, yeah. If you haven't, yeah, if you haven't seen that uh, super over yet, well, yeah, what were you doing? Um, when you probably literally don't know what a super that's over right. is. Uh, yeah, and uh, I'm, I've been the last couple of weeks in the US and taking a bit of a, a break out here at the moment, uh, and I'll be... Uh, not back in time for the start of the season, so I will be watching the opening games on uh, Funny Time. But what about you? How's your summer been? Well, some of the games during the summer are at Funny Time. Does anyone yet know why the game kicked off at uh, 5.36? No, I'm assuming it's something to do with TV, but I probably should have dug into this a bit more. Yeah, someone someone must have found out by now. But anyway, yeah, I've had a lovely summer. I have watched... Um, I watched... One and a half games of the Women's World Cup, and I watched one of the goals from one of the preseason games that I can't remember, and that's the literally the only football I've seen uh, the whole summer, and it has been blissful. I, I've really, I think everyone could probably get by the end of last season that I definitely felt a strong need for a break from football, um, and I've really, really enjoyed having one. Um, I've watched loads and loads of cricket, um, and. I am genuinely raring to go to cover all the ups and probably, let's face it, mostly downs of the season ahead and cover it in good spirits in a sort of like, had a proper break. You, we kind of know it's going to be a disaster of some description. I'm just going to try and enjoy the good bits, basically. that's that's I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like really optimistic for not suffering during the, what is going to be a dreadful season. Well... Yes, um, we we can come to the season preview, I, I guess, um, a little sure. bit later. But uh, uh, I, I think that's a good attitude to take. Yeah, United not going to win the title this season <laughs> unless some kind of miracle <laughs> happens in the next three days of the transfer window. Yep. Um, uh, top four is going to be a real fight um, and a yep. really tight one. Uh, Chelsea, Arsenal, and us probably all in the mix. And and just you know, there's there's. We're fortunate that both Chelsea and Arsenal have their own problems as well, I guess. Um, but what we do have is a, a manager of relentless positivity. He's got his faults, obviously, Ollie, but he's he's super, super positive. And he and what we've seen in the summer preseason games is sort of front foot forward, um, attacking, pressing, uh, kind of attitude from the team and style of play, which I think. United fans will enjoy. I mean, it is going to be counter-attacking football, I think, a lot of the time. 
um, but it's going to be high energy. So I, I think we'll, you, we should be able to get behind the team, even if it's not great and, uh, and all the failures haven't been, uh, haven't been dressed in the market um, yet, and I assume won't be. Anyway, uh, so summer review, what happened? Women's World Cup, USA won, as everyone expected them to do. Uh, England team did pretty yep. well. I mean, I, I I thought they were. I saw. I think I saw all the England games. I thought they weren't that great in that many games, but they were better than most. Um, and just came up against the, uh, the by far the best team in the tournament. But I, I kind of enjoyed watching it. I, really? I watched quite a few of the kids. So I thought it was a pretty good standard of football all around and good entertainment. Um, I was uh, not engaged with it, but super happy to see what was happening and how much engagement there seemed to be. And if it had been any other summer, I think I'd have watched every minute of it, I suspect. But it just started so hot on the heels of the end of the season. And I kept thinking, like, all right, I'll get into it, I'll get into it. And then, and also coincided with the Cricket World Cup. So I was like sat in front of the TV for way more of the day than I normally would be. So by the evening, I kind of didn't want to sit in front of the TV and watch sport. But I saw um, the France-USA game... I mean, that was just, that was a superb game of football. It was just really, really entertaining. Um, it reminds me a little bit, although the outcome was different, of the Brazil-France quarterfinal from 1986. That was the, the game it brought to mind for me. And I was like devastated for the French to kind of get so close. But in the end, I quite like the USWNT. They seem like a, they, a good They do bunch. seem like a good bunch, um, yeah. The actual football, I think a lot of the time was pretty prosaic. I mean, obviously they got the best players, but they're a bit like the France men's team in that they're so superior. They score goals and shut the games down. And and it's almost like they didn't yeah. need to do that. But um, uh, So some of the, yeah. the, the big games were not as exciting as they could have been as a result. But there, were lot, there was lots of good football. Lots of good football. And, and uh, I just noticed today um, that... Uh, the Women's Super League here in England uh, are setting up a streaming channel. So all of the games in the uh, Women's Super League will be live and free to air for everyone this uh, this season, which oh, which I think amazing. is, um, you know, great, right? For a, for a, if I can put this the right way, minority sport, right? You want exposure. Um, and you saw yeah. what um, having uh, free to air coverage of the Cricket World Cup final did. Suddenly a whole generation of people haven't seen any cricket suddenly woke up to what cricket was. Yeah, exactly. And it's fair to say we're given a profoundly unreasonable yes. expectation. As to Producer Tom, who is. never watches um, cricket, going, well, this is cricket, this is awesome. We're like, yeah, it's like this every single game, especially, you know, Knotts versus Warwickshire in Division 2, Day 4 of the County Championship. No problem. Yeah, absolutely. Always like this. Yeah. Um, but no, that's awesome about the, and on the United front, we'll talk about it later, but Alex Greenwood off to uh, Lyon, um, which is an amazing move for her and real bad for United. But, you know, I, I think, I don't think it's reasonable to expect any English team to keep a player if Lyon wants them. No, true. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's Lucy Bronze is there and Nikita Paris will be there as well. Um, and she's going to have a fight to actually play much because the France left back is also Lyon's left back although she's um naturally a midfielder so perhaps they're going to move her forward um also in the summer Copa America which I really didn't see much of um Brazil won Brazil, Brazil won, won right and yeah Neymar behaved like a child Leo Messi is Leo Messi is cursed for some reason like he did something wrong sometime in Argentina and now just bad things happen to him I- 
I mean, most of these curse because Marcus Rocco plays on his team. <laughs> yes. Doesn't seem fair. Um, Marcus Rocco. Oh, jeez. <laughs> he yeah. uh, thankfully won't be starting uh, for United because there's a real fear that he might do because he played quite a bit in preseason. <laughs> Africa Cup of Nations right. was also on. Algeria won. Um, I saw, I mean, I really didn't watch any of it live. I saw quite a few of the highlights of the, the knockout stages. Uh, looked very entertaining. I heard the final was really yeah. drab. That's one thing like, that's the thing that I know about that. But Algeria won and they they haven't won for a long time, so people were super excited With about that. With some uh, amazing late goals and some amazing fluky goals as well. And in unrelated news of any kind, Riyad Mahrez didn't play in the community shield game because Man City were afraid he was going to fail a drug test. Yes. Now, there's a joke to be had. There is a hypothetical, purely for humour, fair use joke to be made there about how if Man City are worried that you're going to fail a drugs test, dot, dot, dot. But I would never make that uh, joke. It's too it's very low-hanging fruit. fruit. Uh, apparently it was uh, medicine. Medicine. Um, Dr. Fuentes, mm-hmm. not not part of the Algeria setup, but uh, there you go. Um, interesting, that one. United Summer Tour, obviously the big sport of the summer. Uh, two games in Perth, uh, beat Perth Glory 2-0 and beat Leeds 4-0. Moved on to Singapore, played Inter 1-1-0. Moved on to Shanghai, beat Spurs 2-1. Moved on to uh, Oslo, beat Christiansund 1-0. And then moved on to Cardiff and drew 2 all with Milan, winning on penalties. Good so, stuff. Like an absolutely... Dominant roller, roll like uh, steamroller, just destroying everyone in our park. I think so. Saying? I mean, I think it means uh, we are going to win the league by probably by ten or fifteen okay. points, right? A bazillion yeah. points. Um, We're going to one hundred thirty-nine points. Even Louis Van Hals, even Louis Van Hals' miraculous preseason where we beat Galaxy seven nil, he lost one game. I know. I, I, Oh, I remember I remember that Valencia game so well and thinking, hmm, maybe this is all going to go horribly wrong. And then, yep, it did. Um, the uh, the thing about preseason that I have seen is just seen like um, some people that I know from the podcast and like the internet and stuff who live in Singapore or Australia being at those games. And, and it's always this thing of, on one hand, really lamenting the fact that United go on these preseason tours, which genuinely negatively affect their impact to com- their ability to compete because they're draining they're, they're kind of going to take as much away from your health and fitness as they're going to give in terms of the training and stuff with all that travel but my god it means so much to people to see united in person and and it's such a it's such a difficult thing to to just are you just going to completely ignore that this is like you know a, a, a lifelong dream for people to see united play in person Anyway. Yeah. Um and, and look, one of the things I would say about preseason is that the mood around camp has been pretty positive. So um integrating the three well two new players um uh, at that point. Um uh, seemed to manage the minutes very well, started off half and half, you know, swapping the whole team around at half time, gradually working up to sixty minutes, rotating players out like most players who went on tour got quite a lot of game time and uh, will feel that you know they're they're well prepared for the season came back to Europe um a week ahead of time so they've had you know plenty of prep time and adjustment time 
um, from the travel, which is important because a lot of commercial stuff happens on these tours as well. Um, playing styles, I mentioned, uh, definitely high pressing, have been trying to keep it up. Um, now, obviously, the intensity of the, the competition isn't, it hasn't been very high. Um, and and trying to play on the counter, and and we've we've had some really good positive highlights. So the positives are Wan Pazaka, um, million times better than any other option we've had at right back for the last few seasons. Um, he's great defensively, one on one. He loves a tackle, and he's barely missed a tackle either. Uh, going forward, um, he he's prepared to get forward and make overlapping runs. I don't know whether the quality is really there, honestly, but he's he is he's quick and he will take players on. Um, so we'll see. He's got plenty of room to improve on the sort of offensive side of things. I think. Um, what else is positive? Uh, Marcus Rashford looks sharp and fit. That's really good. Paul Pogba completely hundred percent professional, playing well, showing quality, turning up to training unlike some of his teammates. Um, uh, at least training with the the right club, his club, the club that pays him wages. <laughs> um, Daniel James looks extremely lively and extremely raw. I mean, he's super quick and could cause a lot of damage. And um, you can see that uh, opposition teams back off him straight away, and then he gives the ball away, which is you know unfortunate. But we'll see. He's played all across the front, mostly from the right, I'd say, but also um, through the middle, uh, and he played mostly off the left for. Uh, Swansea last season so it'll be interesting to see um, where Oli wants to play him it, it, it seems to me that, that was... they they want to play 4 2 3 one, uh, and those sort of front three so a number number 10 in there and then a front three um, will be pretty flexible um, Martial played through the centre quite a lot with uh, Rashford wide left I think that's might might be how they set up Martial was a bit quieter Honestly, across the summer, I, I I wouldn't say he really stood out. Um, and then Chong had a few games. Looks lively, looks raw still, but the, they're going to give him a chance. And then I guess the one you know real positive is uh, Mason Greenwood, who's played quite a lot. Looks really good. Played off the right, cutting in with that left foot. I mean, he is. I was going to say ambidextrous. Is that the right word for feet? It's not, is it? It's <laughs> a good question. I don't think um, it is. He's that for feet. I mean, he's two-footed. Two yeah, it seems like there should be a yeah. better word for it. Um, yeah. and uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's going to cause a lot of people trouble. I think. I think he's going to get quite a lot of game time. And right now, you'd say he's probably favourites to start in that sort of right forward slot against Chelsea. I mean, because who else? Wan Mas has been playing centrally, and I think I think he will only play at ten. I think at the moment, unless United sign another player, it'll be between Mata and Lingard for that number ten role. Pogba's been playing a little deeper. You know, freedom, um, depending on the games, and then McTominay or Matic for the holding role could be how it sets up. And Matic looks completely shot i've got to say it's only pre-season but he's just so slow one matter is quicker than him i swear uh, it, yeah oh that that physically hurt to hear because that he's only got very little legs um so that's uh, and matic has got really that's long it. i mean mo- mostly positive there, there are real holes and I, I guess we can talk a little bit about um what united have done in terms of transfers and and what we needed and where we are um and 
see quite how sure we're going to be. Let's do it then. Let's 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 talk about transfers because that's let's face it, that's literally all football fans in 2019 appear to care about. So who's going to win the transfer market trophy? <laughs> exactly. Oh, perhaps uh, we should call it the Duncan don't... Castles transfer market trophy. <laughs> it's a really good name for it, actually. The Craig Norwood transfer market trophy. <laughs> if Norwood, if, if Norwood doesn't say it, it ain't true. Um, exactly. That's it's it's amazing. Hi, Craig. Love you. Um, so uh, the the three players that we've bought are Daniel James, Aaron Wambasaka, and Harry Maguire. That's all done, all and, done and dusted, and he's holding up the shirt. Yeah, yeah. Right? Wambasaka yeah, okay. forty five plus up to ten in bonuses. Uh, Daniel James like. More than 20, it's going to work out as. Which wow. is a hell of a lot to spend on a kid for the championship. I mean, if it works out. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that, that's not the last time you're going to be saying the phrase, a hell of a lot to spend in the next two no, seconds. probably not. Um, and then it. Harry Maguire for 80. 80. <laughs> good, good piece in The Athletic. Um, the, the newly relaunched UK version of The Athletic, where, like, like, well, how come we haven't got jobs there? What, what's going on? Like, every journalist and his dog has a has a job at the athletic and not us yeah it's unbelievable and then they are sponsoring the tifo podcast no nobody's reached out to us what's going on there the one thing i don't know much about the athletic but they are employing at least one of my friends and also neil custis appears to hate them which is the definite guaranteed proof that they're all right i mean you know? um, um it's uh a, a, another conversation but it is high quality um journalism and i think they're giving a lot of space to to proper sports journalism opinion and not just like clickbait and transfer rumors so it's exactly what it's what is needed and they're taking a big gamble by employing all these old these people they're, they're heavily venture backed and and you know their gamble is that people will be prepared to pay but like 30 quid a year it's 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 pretty good value i'd say anyway <laughs> we're not being sponsored by yeah, the athletics so no you. we are no not. <laughs> and <laughs> Annoyingly, we are not being sponsored by them, unlike everyone else. But we're still going to yeah. say they're good. Um, so um, I'm going to give Carl's code just fifty percent off. Use there's a just millions of people will give you discounts, but we can't. Anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, you were saying there was a good piece about the the deal for Harry Maguire. I mean, um, my my friend Lou described Harry Maguire as Tesco finest oh. Phil Jones, which is the best oh. supermarket footballer comparison I've ever that heard in my painful. life. So Tesco finest, he is better. That does mean he's better than Phil Jones. But yeah, um, uh, I, I have genuinely little, like Aaron Wambasaka, I'm really glad we signed and that's a lot of money too. Um, but that seems to be, that's been a huge problem position and everyone says the same thing that you said, which is it's really good defensively and hopefully it'll do with Gary Neville, who was useless going forward for the first half of his career and then the best crosser of the club after, at the club after David Beckham left. Um, uh, Daniel James, exactly the same review that you gave is, an, again, that's the only thing I've heard. Everyone talks about Daniel James, just like, well, he's very, very fast. So that's nice. We're uh, employing runners now and Harry Maguire I have I mean I I was just thinking like I was gonna I was thinking oh what's my opinion on Harry Maguire and I realized I actually don't have a proper opinion on Harry Maguire because I can't I can count the number of Leicester games in the last two seasons like since they won the league I've probably watched I've watched obviously all their games against us 
And then full games of Leicester's. I might have watched one in the last three years, really. And I watched the World Cup and he was great at the World Cup, but mostly just towering forward and heading the ball yeah. into the back of the net. But I have no actual sense of how good he is as a I defender. feel I've seen him a bit more than that. Um, he didn't actually have that great a season last season. So m- made errors and uh, probably maybe stayed Leicester one season too many. Of course, uh, United could have signed him for 50 million less last summer. Um, anyway, the piece in The Athletic was basically a review of how the negotiations went, uh, which was like, you know, the... The TLDR is um, Leicester initially, uh, internally at least, saying they wanted 100 million when the negotiations actually opened. Woodward knows the uh, sort of basically um, the uh, the new CEO effectively. Um, they were quoted 80 million. This was back in May when the transfer window opened. Spent a whole summer sort of fake negotiating and then paid the 80 million, um, which is just like a summary of United's failures here. If if, if there was a sporting director in place. They'd said, and they'd decided they want this. They'd heard, under no circumstances are we going to back down on this is our price. They'd just paid the money and been able to have him on tour um, and get him up to speed. And instead, he's going to make his debut against Chelsea. So um, I assume, if he's fit, because he didn't play the last couple of um, Leicester, um, Leicester friendlies. Anyway, my, my opinion on Harry Maguire is that uh, defensively he's very good, gets into good positions, reads the game pretty well. He's nice on the ball and he'll help United um, start attacks from the back because we've been awful using the ball from the back. He's going to be way better than anyone except for Victor Lindelof, who everyone is hoping continues his progression from last season. Um, and and the, the two... The two caveats I have on that is one, he's quite slow on the turn compared to the real elite of you know world defenders, um, and that is a worry. I'd be it's less like I think players are going to sprint past him with a ball because I don't think they will because he reads it well, but they will play balls in between the fullback and him, and that will cause a problem. Right, so I, th- I think United will get turned around, especially if they're pushing the fullbacks forward. So that's that's a challenge. And then the second challenge is a benchmark of the price. So two problems with that is it now sets a benchmark for all other transfers uh, that United want to want to complete. And and also, does it reduce the amount that the club is prepared to spend in that three days on bringing in a midfielder? Because we haven't replaced Fellaini or Herrera yet, and it was already a weak midfield. Uh, so I wrote an article for Scott um, this is one the one football thing I've done. So, you know, every year Scott from Republic of Mancunia does a, a pre-season preview. And, and by the way, go and buy that and read it. It's like £5, I think, and you can get an yeah. ebook of it. And um, so loads of great writers in Loads it. of great writers and, and all me that and money. You. Yeah, exactly. And all that money goes to a... A Macmillan, a specific Macmillan home. So it's not just like putting money into the big vacuum of of charity. It's, it all goes to a very specific place, and every year they're they're really thankful for the money that's raised for that. So um, so check that out. But I wrote this article about Ander Herrera about how essentially he symbolised in the end. Ander Herrera symbolises almost everything that's been wrong with the post Fergie era. Um, like one step at a time. So there's the first summer where we didn't buy him and there was a credible rumour that we might have sent genuine, like we genuinely might have been negotiating with imposters. And even though that wasn't the case, the fact that people were prepared to believe it might be the case tells you so much. And actually what we were doing was trying to circumnavigate Spanish tax law on the last day of the transfer window, which no one has ever done and cannot be done. 
Then we bought him and two progressive managers badly misused him because he was essentially signed by a manager who was left before he even arrived. Then kind of got his head round how to be used by the first Maniac manager and was then turned into a number six by the second Maniac manager, at which point his contract was left to run down to the point at which he left on a free because there's no way we could have matched the offer that he was made because his contract was run out and we haven't replaced him. So like every single stay. So the, the signing, the misuse while he was here, the contract handling and the replacement all completely terribly handled and and, and, uh, he, ha- and he hasn't been is... replaced and 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 it doesn't exactly. look like united are going to replace him and so um from you know f- over the last six months we've lost two senior players and and whether you like fellaini or not he was a he was a presence in the squad and whether you like ander herrera or not and and some do and some don't um he was an important presence in the squad too so and we already needed to upgrade now um, Andres Pereira will come into the squad. He's been used quite a bit in preseason. I, I just, ha- I still haven't changed my opinion. Andres Pereira, I think he's a level short of what United are going to need. You know, nice player, but he's in- he just can't impose himself on games. We'll see whether he can mature. You know, so Scott McTominay has matured a lot over the last year, a lot, and um, you know he looks like he'll be an important player for United this summer. Is he amongst the top? 10 or even 20 defensive midfielders on the planet? I, I don't think so. And and then when you look at over the road to City and they've bought Rodri, who's an outstanding defensive midfielder, and they just addressed the problem position before it became a problem because Fernandinho didn't have a bad season last season, but they replaced him already. Then, then you just kind of see what United needed to do. It didn't have to be Rodri, but it had to be someone high quality there. Um, and, and, and so Harry Maguire... And Wan Bazaka and Victor Lindelof and I guess Luke Shaw, who's hmm, lots of question marks over him, um, are going to come under pressure because United don't have an effective screen. And I'm not going to say that every bloody week, even though it will be obvious. Yeah, and this is the problem, isn't it? Because one of the things about Maguire is I think people are going to judge him ridiculously, both against the money, but also, like, as with Pogba he's going to be judged negatively because of how badly he's affected by the complete absence of quality in Pogba's True. case around him. He, he will be. In, what, one, in Maguire's case. One thing I'd say for Maguire is he does the things that fans tend to like. He will put tackles in, he'll make yeah, that, monster yeah, headers yeah. and he'll score the odd goal. Uh, he doesn't score lot, lots, yeah. by the way, for a big slap old, slaphead forehead um, and looks dangerous at corners. He hasn't scored much over his career, but... Um, he will he will do the things fans like, so I, I think he will come under less pressure than Pogba, who doesn't do the fans really want, which is run around and make a lot of tackles. What Pogba has been doing is being completely and deliberately and visibly professional in the summer, keeping himself yes. fit, turning up Good to training, lads. playing well. I think in preseason looks looks like United's best player by a hundred million miles without even you know needing to try. Um, and looks like he, he's going to stay because the club have held firm and, and put a price on his head that was so high Real Madrid couldn't afford him. I mean, it was. I, it felt to me like this was always going to be Ronaldo in the summer of 08-09, um, Coutinho at Liverpool. Like this is the summer before he goes. Like that's 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 how it felt to me all along. Um, I had right so. Imagine you hadn't been following United at all this summer 
And then you saw a picture of Romelu Lukaku training with the under-19s at Anderlecht. Can you imagine how confusing that was? So I did... I did. It did percolate up enough to me by people t- talking to me about it that we were involved in a swap deal for Dibbler with Romelu Lukaku. Now I have to say, he at no point did that seem like a thing that could happen in the actual universe to me. But I heard it was. It actually got to the point where people were taking this very oh, yeah. very seriously. Like this isn't nonsense. This was happening. Yeah. So Lukaku wants to go. His agent has been um, shopping him around Europe all summer. The two. Well, the main interested parties, Inter, Inter don't have the money and haven't been able to sell Mario Cardi because Cardi, although Conte, Antonio Conte, the new Inter manager, doesn't want him at all and has basically said, if you if you don't leave this summer, you're playing reserve team football for the next two years. Um, Icardi's playing hardball and and asking Inter pay, to pay up his contract. So Inter don't have the money. That's problem number one. Even though Lukaku seems to have set his heart on moving to Inter. Second challenge was that Juve are kind of interested in having an option there. Sarri is the new Juve manager. Um, and Juve can afford him, sort of. Um, the problem being for Juve is that they've spent an awful lot of money. They bought Matthias De Ligt. Um, uh, they bought Ronaldo last summer. Uh, they've been paying extremely high wages. They have a stadium that's half the size of United's and a t and a revenue that is you know two thirds the size of United. So um, something had to give. Uh, they they don't necessarily want to lose Dybala, but he he played second fiddle to Ronaldo last season. Played a lot off the right, which is not necessarily his natural position, and that, that pulled all his stats down. And they weren't particularly good last season. And 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 so he he might want another option, but. His brother-in-law is his agent, and uh, he was asking for a monster cut, way over the standard amount, and a monster salary as well. And and it would appear that United have said, "Well, we're not doing that again. We've been burnt once by Alexis Sanchez, or maybe twice, given uh, what happened with Di Maria, um, and and we don't want to do it again." So, you know, that's I guess praise for United there because they said, "No, we're not going to do a deal that's bad for us." Um, finally learnt a lesson there. Um, a lot of United fans were excited about Dybala potentially coming. I have to say I was a little less excited. I, I I don't know exactly what United need. He's not a right winger. And would maybe he would, the, the role they were identifying him for is not off the right, but actually at number 10, um, uh, where they have Lingard and Mata, neither of whom, are, you know, they have their qualities, but also many weaknesses. So. Anyway, yeah. it, it could have happened. Doesn't look like it is going to happen uh, now. So there's there's no truth in the idea that Dybala was like, please don't send me there, anywhere but there. Look at this, it's where good players go to die. I, I think he's got the message from Juve. Juve are happy to sell him. Uh, and uh, a rumour doing the round today is that Spurs would be interested. They're not going to pay him what he's asking for. He was asking for a David De Gea-sized contract. Has he signed no, a new contract? The rumours have been done, going around for a long time. So it, it seems like, well, first it was, yes, he's agreed it. And then it was, um, so six years, 350k a week, uh, it seems. And, th- and then it was like... God, can we give him a couple of games? Can we give him a couple of games of the season to make sure last season's actually yeah, finished? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sign that six-year contract and continues chucking the ball in his own net. <laughs> yeah. Um, but look, it's uh, it, it makes a lot of sense. It, like, like, you got... You just got to, like, having to replace 
De Gea along with all the other players and, and having a top player like De Gea leave sends an awful signal. It's just, it doesn't make any sense for United. So um, uh, for for all the uh, errors he made at the back end of last season, he still made fewer errors over the last 12 months than Alisson in Liverpool, who is God's gift, apparently. <laughs> you know. I mean, yeah, they did win the Champions League. <laughs> that was that did happen. I think we have. I'm, I'm not talking about that. Not interested. Not interested. Didn't happen. Yeah. Didn't happen. Um, the uh, the other transfer name that I've heard this summer uh, is a player that I've definitely heard of, but I'm absolutely confident I've never seen a minute of, and that's Bruno Fernandez. But everyone that I know that actually watches lots of football and clips and all that stuff is incredibly excited about the idea that United would sign him. But it, am I right in thinking that United are in fact not signing yes, him? Yes, I'd say credible people are now saying that there is uh, zero interest from United at the price that uh, Sporting are trying to shop him at, which is 70 million euros. Um, right. And uh, he scores a lot of goals, but in a weak league and a team that focuses around him. And I think there's there's a lot, the hell of a lot of risk with that transfer for anyone who takes him. And especially at that kind of price, um, so that was that was you know there you go. United haven't brought in a right-sided midfielder and haven't brought in a defensive midfielder, haven't brought in cover for so Luke Shaw mad. at left back or competition for Luke Shaw at left back. Um, still have the Sanchez problem. He's not leaving. Oh, yeah, I forgot yeah. about he's, him. He's still at United <laughs> and he's going to still be there because oh. no one is going to take him. You know the. the I guess they were hoping for a Chinese <laughs> offer. Um, and then have the yeah. challenges with Pogba and Lukaku. Uh, Pogba, it seems like he's definitely staying, but you know, who knows? The, the European transfer window extends to the end of the month. Lukaku, they're still trying to do you know different types of deals. Looks like is definitely dead, but maybe Juve can find the cash because they're selling Cancelo to City. Mario Mandzukic may be a make-weight in that one as well. United seem to be interested. I mean, a player well past his prime. Haven't they got? Haven't they got any midfielders? Couldn't we? Couldn't like just well, the, give us the a midfielder, midfielder they want to get rid of Blaise Matuidi, but he's thirty-two now and well past his prime too. I tell you what. Cash plus Matuidi, I would prefer in a way, just because like we'll get a season and a half or two seasons out. Of what? Just because we are going into the season where our midfield options are Pogba, a Pogba who is being super professional but uh, clearly doesn't want to be there. Um, McTominay is our second best midfielder, and for all his progress over the last twelve months, and you know, God bless Scott McSauce and all that, but my goodness, you don't want him to be the second best midfielder at your club. Fred, remember Fred? He's, He's still, still here. here yeah. still got Fred. Uh, good. Um, Pereira, who like, I compl- could not agree with you. Obviously, I haven't seen him this preseason, but there's absolutely no guarantees there. But I'll tell you where there is a guarantee, and that is United's... Um, the position we finish this season is going to be inversely proportional to the number of games Nemanja Matic plays. Like, I mean, I haven't watched preseason, but everyone has said he's shot and... He was obviously shot six months into his United career, and that's eighteen months ago. So he's obviously like it's absolutely crazy that we're going into the season with Matic as our main defensive midfield pivot. That is, and just the lack of cover there. Like, so, so if he wants to play four two three one, I guess you only need four really. 
But even then, like, you'd want someone else alongside Pogba to make that team work probably. Every time, basically, all the way through preseason, every time I've thought, oh, Mason Greenwood's doing well, that could be exciting, actually. It could be, like, a really fun thing. And Daniel James is super fast. And, you know, there's a lot of excitement around him. Martial could play centre-forward, maybe that'd be good. Um, And Lukaku won't be there, that'll be good. And then uh, just think about the midfield again, and it's like... It's like they don't know that midfield... Do you think like this is Solskjaer being excessively influenced by late period Alex no. Ferguson? <laughs> no. I, I, I mean, actually, what I honestly think, uh, and I hope I'm proved desperately wrong in the last few days of the summer, is that basically United set their business model up around how much the Glazer family can take out in dividends each year. They want between 20 and 30 million. They have another 20 and a bit million that they need to spend in servicing debt. Um, and not paying it off, just paying interest. Um, there's a tax bill to pay, and then they're looking at what they can do on, in terms of transfers, and they want to spend 60 and a bit uh, million or so. Um, they've already spent well in excess of that if you take in Wembezaka, Maguire, uh, and... Uh, and yeah, double, double that. that and, um, and James, yeah. So they're hoping to sell Lukaku, uh, and uh, I think they would like a cheaper option um, as a backup to Lukaku. So I'd be shocked if United buy a, a, a midfielder in the next few days. I mean, there's talk today that they're trying to do a deal for Ericsson. I'd like to think that uh, from Tottenham, because he's only got a year on his contract, um, and Tottenham, uh, I think, have woken up to the fact that they're going to lose a mega asset uh, for nothing in 12 months' time. Um, and, uh, you know, I'd be absolutely shocked if they pull off that deal. And if they pull off that deal, for me, it'd signal that uh, Pogba is leaving. I don't think they, they're going to set it up to play both. But we'll see about that one. I hope I'm desperately wrong. And uh, all the criticism and uh, gnashing of teeth on Twitter uh, has been for nothing. And United are uh, stocking up. We'll see. Don't think it's going to happen. No, and, and you know, the, the criticism of gnashing of teeth is not just based on, for all the short attention span of contemporary society, it's not exactly based on the last three months, is it? It's based on a, a much longer build-up. I mean, the, we had a good summer transfer window the first season of Mourinho, and we had a good summer transfer window the first season of Van Gaal. I mean, they didn't turn out good, yeah. but they, you know, they were busy and acquisitive. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but I think they... But to, to just sign... to Sorry, two defenders and... um an incredibly raw forward, that, that that is not going... I mean, I don't know what percentage that is. But, you know, in, in the old days, they used to have to do letter grades for Bleacher Report. And I think between the quality of players, the lack of players out, and the lack of addressing key issues, and the price of the players we have signed, which I don't actually care about, really. But, you know, if you're going to be... If you're actually going to kind of assign the, the quality of their work a value, it's a yeah, D. yeah. yeah maybe maybe a C if if Maguire and Bissaka really like mean that our back four is actually like proper solid for long stretches of time because Lindelof sure Bissaka Maguire that sounds like a much oh, better sure. back four for than sure yeah in recent and my years. caveats about Harry Maguire are the ones I mentioned you know and and uh you yeah. know United played a, a paid a world-class fee for a not quite world-class player and we'll see whether he can progress um, I don't think he's going to progress physically and become fast on the turn. Um, but <laughs> or become, grow, like become bigger. We don't want him to go any bigger. Yeah. He's really very big. Um, so look, there's two sides of a, of a grade, I think, for the summer window. P- part of it is who you bring in. Uh, it's not enough 
And I, I, and like I said this the other day on Twitter, and people were like, oh, you can't expect United to do it all in one window. Madrid signed five first-team players. I mean, it can be done if you're organised and you have exactly who you want to do the deals for. And, by the way, just pay the price, you know? Um, but the second, the flip side of this is outgoings. When when we were doing our uh, review of the season last, at uh, the end of uh, last season in May, I'd come up with a list of the squad. Now, I don't think I'm that knee-jerk around players, you know, prepared to be um, patient with them. I, I crossed out 12 players who I thought really didn't have a, a role to play at this club anymore. And okay, sure, selling 12 players is, is probably impossible in the summer, but there's way too much, way too much baggage. I mean, United now have 14 defenders on the books. Um, 14. <laughs> of which, like, three are any good. Uh, yeah, that's right. I mean, are we going to learn anything new about Phil Jones and Chris Smalling this summer or about Marcus Rocco, about Ashley Young? <laughs> Uh, no, we definitely not. Like club club captain, club, club captain, captain Ashley, Ashley Young. Young. We're not going to learn anything new about. Him. I, mean, I guess Ashley Young is cover on either either fullback position, which is a desperate thought, isn't it? Just you know, <laughs> Matteo Matteo Darlian still right? at the club. I mean, um, of of yeah, there's like well, there's six there, isn't there? That just need to go, and and then there's question marks over Fosu Mensa, who's got a knee injury, won't play for some time. Tuanzebi looks okay in um in the uh, in the preseason tour. I guess they're going to integrate him. I mean, it'd be nice to think he was third choice or third or fourth choice or something. You know, but you'd want some sales yeah. to happen definitely. But you know, so so fourteen defenders. Uh, one specialist right back and one specialist left back in those 14 defenders. Two. Da- da- Damian, I mean, sorry, is a specialist right if back. You, yeah. yeah, Damian is a specialist fullback. Yeah. I mean, that's a weird definition of the word specialist <laughs> in, that, in that that is the position that he plays. I mean, what an awful time he's at. I, I, I would, if I was him. But the thing is, this is the thing, isn't it? They're all on the insane early Woodward salaries. Not that late Woodward salaries are not insane, but, you know, th- this is... And and I presume no more talk of director of football because you, you, I feel like you would have told me if we had a... No, look, so Nicky Buck got promoted to a... Uh, I think they call it head of first-team development. So it's it's he's supposed to be the man responsible for I, identifying talent coming out of the academy in the under-23 side and helping them transition into the first team. So he's going to report to Oli. Um, so he's not a director of football. It's about half a director of football. So it's not, it's, well, it's, not it's, even, right? It's, about, it's a quarter it's of a director Yeah, of exactly. So yeah. Um, it's it's not the kind of technical director squad management piece, which is like take a three to five year view of how squad will develop each player within it, whether they should be looking to get a new contract or transition out at what point that should happen. And and it's not the acquisition piece, which is, you know, kind of head of acquisitions or, or football director, which is understanding the market and getting the best deal for the club. Almost every single elite club in Europe, bar Tottenham, um, who, you know, who have Daniel Levy in that role, um, he's just a superior, Ed Woodward, basically, um, uh, has a director of football that does these roles either in one role or two roles i mean city split it um but but because it's a specialist position edward wood former banker is not that specialist 
No, and I, you know, I mean, we could talk to a blue, fa- a blue in the face about this, and it's not an original thought, but I he's barely also have any very original bad at it. thoughts. I, I just recycle <laughs> what Duncan but, Castle you know, says. <laughs> but it's true, isn't it? Like Woodward is absolutely terrible at it, and we have another summer of evidence of United not. I mean, that, that Atlantic story that you sent me. I mean, that I had a temporary subscription to oh, anyway I, that i saw somehow that atlantic story that i saw somehow um had in it this the the thing about solskjaer getting more and more frustrated with woodward and like ollie solskjaer is annoyed like that's he's is his first job he's man, somehow he the man that made him manager of united he's annoyed with like imagine how annoying you have to be to annoy it when you make the molder manager man united and manager and you annoy him like that's it's pretty intense. Yeah. So yeah, uh, it's 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 been a it's been a rough summer in in that sense. Um, definitely some some issues have been addressed, but you, you can't say the majority of issues. No, no, no. So I mean, I think uh, so. Like last, last thought on this, um, United needed to do sort of three blocks of things. They needed to keep the most important players, so that's Pogba and De Gea. Sort of done that. Neither have signed new contracts yet. Um, they needed to fill in gaps, which were centre back, right back, probably left back, defensive midfield, and right sided forward. They've half done that. I mean, Mason Greenwood is going to come in the right sided forward. They haven't got that defensive midfielder. They've got a centre back and a right back. And then they need to ship out at least five or six players. And they haven't been able to do that because they're all on these insane contracts. I mean, has anyone left? No, no, none, none of the ones we'd really want to leave. So Valencia left. He's gone back to Quito. Um, I really wanted yeah. him to leave. Herrera <laughs> left to PSG, <laughs> and, and James Wilson, still at the club, uh-huh. has gone to Aberdeen, where he was on loan last season. Scored like three goals in thirty games, but that was enough for them, apparently. Right, oh James. Um, oh, such a shame what happened to him because there was a player there, wasn't there? Um, yeah, about seven or eight years anyway. ago. Anyway, shall we? Shall we? No, but I mean, the, the, it was the injury, wasn't it? That was that was. Shall we talk about the arrivals, yeah. transfer dealings, just really quickly? Yeah, I, let me just run you through what I know about it. Arsenal signed Pepe. That doesn't feel like it can be real, but I, I think Ar- it's Arsenal the, did sign Ian Pepe. Wright looked very happy on Instagram. Um, what else do I know? Tottenham bought someone I wanted, Ndombele. Ndombele, Tottenham bought Ndombele, yeah. right? That's a that very is very good, good purchase. Like, we how badly do we need a Nambele? That's crazy. Um and uh City bought Rodri. That's all I know. Oh, and Chelsea got Pulisic for Camp. And Frank Lampard's a Chelsea manager, and Wayne Rooney is gonna be the Derby County manager. Not quite. Coat. Play coat. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, right, yeah. Right, so right, 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 City okay. bought Rodri, seventy odd million. Great player, he's gonna do really well. Um Angelino, who's like this young left back from Pierce uh PSV, um, Eindhoven. Uh, I guess he'll um he'll play if Zivchenko and Mendy are not fit. I guess he's one for the future. Uh, and Zach Stefan from the MLS, who's a goalkeeper. Um They've uh, sold Douglas Luiz, who's a kind of young player to Aston Villa for a very large amount of money. Money Delft to Everton, Manu Garcia to Gijon, Pablo Mari to Flamengo, and companies gone to Anderlecht. Is there ever been a signing that you just went, "Yep, that sounds right"? More than Fabian Delft to Everton, <laughs> yeah. like isn't, isn't, isn't that's just that is 
just written in the stars. He's, they're going to love him there. He's going to be like rallying up the dressing room. When we won two Premier League titles in a row, That's, this is what That kind of thing always goes down well in dressing rooms, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, a mixed summer for City. I mean, they've got Rodri, who's an excellent buy. I think they really want to hold on to um, Leroy Zane or by a replacement and they've not agreed a fee. It's a sort of challenging one there because it seems like the player wants to leave. Uh, but, you know, he's a real impact player for City. Can, can he play on the yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. Um, Liverpool, quite a summer for Liverpool, which is, you know, I think a few people have said, hmm, interesting. Because, like, when I looked at the stats, I think I made this point at the end of the season podcast, they... They do, uh, you know, they've over-indexed on their XG by quite some distance, Liverpool. So, Especially against, especially they've got the chances yeah, conceded. exactly. So you go, hmm, you know, if Alisson doesn't have a good season, he's looking a bit soft in pre-season, not, not around the middle, I mean, you know, in terms of his form. Um, that'll be interesting. So they bought Adrian, the West Ham goalkeeper, on a free as backup. It's an excellent backup. I mean, he's, better, he's a better keeper than Mignolet, who's gone to Club Bruges. And the rest, they, you know, um, uh, Moreno went to Villarreal. Sturridge is, hasn't got a club at the moment. Um, and they sold a couple of kids. Didn't have a dog for a bit either. <laughs> Somebody nicked his dog. How outrageous. Who nicked a very, dog? Very happy that the, in, that the internet rallied round and saved Daniel Sturridge's dog. So I'm pleased about that. Funny looking dog, but I'm sure the Sturridge family love him. Or her. Yeah. Um. Uh, <laughs> I've lost my train of thought now. Spurs, underbelly, <laughs> excellent purchase. And it looks like they're trying to either do a deal for Bruno Fernandes, but that could just be the agent talking that up. Or Lo Celso um, from Betis, who, who is an excellent player when I've seen him. He looks really nice, progressive, left-footed um, attacking midfielder. Um, so that would be a good purchase. Uh, they're looking for a lot of money. And Jack Clark from Leeds, um, who, you know, young player. Oh, he was highly, very yeah. highly rated. Yeah, I don't really know too much about him, but highly relate, related, <laughs> highly related to Kieran Trippier. Highly, highly related to Alan Clark, the director of the conference. Yeah, that's right. Um, Kieran Trippier went to Atletico Madrid. A little, little bit of an odd one, that one, but, you know, they were trying to shop him around. They, they're also trying to sell, uh, sell Danny Rose, the left back. Um, Did Diego Simeone watch know, those last season? I know, season? he had an awful season, didn't he? But uh, we'll see. Uh, they sold Vincent Janssen, uh, the Dutch player who they bought for a lot of money a couple of years ago. Never really played. Yeah, got injured and never really played. To Monterrey in Mexico, which is kind of weird. Did I read that Griezmann's gone to yes. Barcelona? Or did no, I no, he that? did. And it's it's pretty controversial because Atletico, uh, although everyone knew it was going to happen, not happy because his... Uh, so Barcelona paid the 120 million euro buyout clause... Um, well, right. officially the player pays it and then Barcelona, this is where the tax problem comes in because it looks like income. Um, anyway, so Barcelona paid yeah. that on the day that it came into effect, but the, the release clause was 200 million before that. And Atletico, I think quite rightly, are going, well, hang on a minute, you already had a deal in place for this guy. You should be paying the 200 million. So may wow. cause some controversy. Um Barca, of course, lots of shenanigans there. They'd like to bring Neymar back. Paris Saint-Germain would like to get rid of him, but Barca can't afford him until they sell Coutinho uh, and Dembele. And no one wants to take Coutinho and Dembele because they're on, they're on these massive contracts and Barca wants the money back for him. Them. 
and they spent a hundred million on both of them because of how much yeah. Neymar cost in the first place. It's hilarious. This that is some chickens coming right on the home. I know. To roost, it's, it? it's very odd. <laughs> yeah. Um, Spurs also uh, to get back to Spurs. Uh, Fernando Lorente has gone on free. I don't think he's found a new club yet. Uh, he'd be a good purchase for someone. I mean, not the top level, I don't think, but uh, for someone. Uh, I mean, does he want to play like the last ten minutes of? Some games where we're losing <laughs> yeah, yeah. two one. It'd be such a if, it'd be exciting, so like, wouldn't it? Get him on three hundred grand a week, six yeah. year contract. Yeah. <laughs> um, Chelsea yeah. Uh, transfer ban, but Pulisic and Kovacic. I, I, you know, I don't know why this is allowed. Pulisic was agreed and loaned back to Borussia, so they were. It was his player, their player. Uh, but Kovacic, are, are they saying that they already had an agreement to buy within the contract of the loan? I guess they are, but. They, that must have been pre-arranged as well. That that was they must yeah. have run that past lawyers and stuff, and not just gone like, well, we're just gonna. We're, and it looks like fine. they're gonna integrate some young player. In, integrate it. It's probably a word, but integrate some young players yeah. Yeah. Uh, under Frank Lampard, which will be interesting because I think the pressure will be off Chelsea. They're, they're allowed. They're probably allowed to slip a little bit if they play some younger players, which they never really have while they've got this transfer ban, and you know. So we'll we'll see, but it's one of the things that opens up an opportunity for United, isn't it? One of the things that's interesting is that while we've been while we were talking, I looked up the odds of a top four finish. I looked this up when you were talking about it being a battle, and like City are like the best price you can get is forty to one on. <laughs> um, um, you can get one to ten on Liverpool finishing in the top four, which feels like. I feel like that's value, to be honest. But anyway, and then Spurs are heavily weighted too. And then basically Arsenal, Chelsea and United are all very similar odds for that um, for that fourth spot. So the bookmakers are clearly not sure who they think they think is going to be the one out of those those three teams to do it. Um, could be very tight. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really could. And it, United are... Like at some places, you can get forty to one on United winning the league. Can you imagine when we started this podcast ten years ago? If you'd told us in ten years when you're celebrating your tenth year anniversary of the podcast, season's going to be about to start and you'll be able to get forty to one on United winning the league. Oh, that's, that's bonkers. <laughs> well, it's not bonkers. It's right, United. It should be a thousand to yeah. one because it's just zero chance of it happening. <laughs> um. Anyway. Uh, they're never gonna. They're never gonna do a thousand to one after Leicester. No, no, that's true. Uh, Arsenal bought Pepe seventy million. Interesting, that one. Hey, he, he's good. good. He, oh, no, no, he's a good player. He's gonna play off the the right in a front three, I imagine. And uh, why? Why didn't we spend seventy million on? Why didn't we buy Ndombele and Pe- Pepe? Yep. And Dombele and Pepe would walk into our team for sure. Um, I mean, look, there's risk with Pepe because he's he's obviously been playing in a slightly lower standard league for a smaller club. Not as much risk as not as much risk as not buying no, anyone and hoping it all works true. out. That's true. That's very true. Um, he's a very exciting player. I think. Yeah, you know, I, I imagine he'll do well. There's some, a lot of fragility to this Arsenal team, which you know may play into how well he does. So. Pepe, they bought uh, Saliba from Saint-Étienne. He's a very young player, 20-odd million. So I do wonder whether there's going to be a sale because everyone was talking about Arsenal having a very small transfer budget. Uh, is Aubameyang going to get sold in the last few days of the window? And then they've got um, Celebos from uh, Real Madrid's central midfielder on loan, which is a great deal for them. I mean... 
<laughs> why didn't we get Ceballos on alone from Real Madrid? What? what no, are these midfielders like, we mentioned, Rodri, Ndombele, Ceballos, all walk into United's midfield. No doubt. No doubt about it. All of yeah. them. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I like... I mean, Sabayas in particular, Rodri, I think, Rodri, you can't compete with City for Rodri, a, a, a player who, like, if ever there was a Pep Guardiola player, like, he's obviously going to want to play for Pep Guardiola if that option's available to him. That's that's a complete, you know, the heir apparent to Busquets is going to want to go and play for Pep. Um, but the others, like, surely we should have been doing a bit of we're Man United, we do what we want at them lot, like... I mean, maybe Real Madrid hate. Maybe maybe Woodward's like, oh, I can't, I can't talk to Real Madrid about Ceballos. What if they ask about Pogba? Yeah, for some reason, uh, Zidane hates him. I, I've not worked out why, but uh, doesn't doesn't rate the player at all. Really wants uh, Paul Pogba. So yeah, I guess that's why United didn't do the deal. Um, and that's it from Arsenal. They've um, shipped out um, Kajalni to Bordeaux. The player went on strike over the summer. Oh, is he gone? Yeah, it looks like it. Five million. And uh, I mean, you know, I have to say Arsenal handled this pretty well. I mean, the guy refused to go on tour and they basically just said, well, you f*** then. Um, uh, Sorry, third F-bomb of the the pod. Starting where I mean to go on. Ospina's gone to Napoli. He was there on loan all last summer and they sold a kid to Derby. Right. Well, that... It does not sound like we have had the best of the top sixes transfer windows. I guess I guess we've had a better transfer window than uh, league runners up by a point and Champions League winners last season. Liverpool, who clearly have no need to do any major improvements to their squad. Like, although to be honest, I think uh, Danny Ceballos on loan have improved their squad as well. Um, but anyway, that's... yeah, no, it's it's interesting. It's not like uh, it's not like United have had. A much worse summer. I mean, like there are going to be some deals uh, in the last few days. It's just we we had very big needs. If the the goal surely yeah. should be to um, push much further. Not no, it shouldn't just be just to make the top four. I mean, have we been reeducated that much by the Glazer family's business model that that's all we expect now? Surely it should be to close the gap significantly on on city and liverpool and and it's a question mark whether that's that we've done enough i'm pretty sure we haven't um but city haven't spent huge they're, they're not going to be loads better they've bought a very nice player liverpool haven't doesn't look like they'll improve they run the risk of losing players to injury they, which they didn't have last season so but they the like in city's case they've got further ahead of us by buying one player because they didn't have any needs apart from it would have been ideal if they could get an absolutely perfect tailor-made yeah. Fernandinho replacement who's a decade younger than him and also probably better. And oh, look, that's, that's yeah, what Yeah, yeah. No, no, that's true. You know? I mean, but Pep Guardiola was, uh, he was asked about Maguire in his press conference uh, before the uh, Community Shield. And uh, he was play- he's been very nice. He was like, oh, yeah, United are going to be challenging for the league now they bought Maguire. Great player. Um, of course, everyone has seen that documentary where it absolutely lays into him. And uh, I was telling Kevin De Bruyne, you know, <laughs> attack him. He's uh, slow on the turn, play through the channels. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't oh, no, it's great. Yeah, yeah. Dig out, dig out that piece of the, the documentary. Yeah. yeah some uh, analysis of exactly how to disassemble Harry Maguire. Um, but uh, yeah, he's, he's been very One nice about Harry Maguire and, and suggesting United will make a championship challenge. Seems unlikely. 
Pep said Phil Foden's the most talented player he's ever worked with, which is like he is one of the strangest men in the world, Pep Guardiola. There's no, there's absolutely no doubt about it. Like they're clearly a genius, but a very, very professional. Of course, that reminds me, uh, Phil Foden was at the uh, under 21 Euros with England, uh, who still have AD Boothroyd as manager, and of course, complete balls it up with a you know, huge, huge right. amount of talent. But have Eddie Boothroyd as manager. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, what's next on our agenda today then, Ed? I and we didn't even talk about the Nations League, which England balls up. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Um, that doesn't, so much doesn't sport. Count. Uh, season preview. We've basically done it while talking about transfers. But uh, where do we think United will finish? Men's team. We'll talk about the women's in a bit. Um... I, I mean, this is completely obvious, but we finish somewhere between sixth and fourth, depending on how it all gels. That's that's it. And and picking one of those is throwing dart, uh, throwing a dart into the wind, um, as as no such expression exists. But um, the 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 battle for fourth place between Chelsea under Lampard with no new transfers. I mean, that that could go either direction. Their their centre forward problem is not going away. They've lost Hazard and. I mean, Pulisic is, I think he's a decent player, but he's not a hazard replacement. So they've got to be worse this season, you would imagine. And also replacing Sarri with Lampard is a complete, is a massive risk. Nobody, I mean, did well at Derby last season, but they didn't actually even get to the playoff. I mean, they didn't actually even get up through the playoffs. No. So, you know, it's, it's very, it's, it's tough. They um, finished a point ahead of we, Derby's position the year before. Right. So um so who knows? Arsenal again, like the, the level of unknowns, I mean, they're buzzing now. Imagine how devastated the Arsenal fan community is gonna be if it turns out that they bought Pepe because they were planning to sell a Bamiyang. That would be brutal. Um but I can't I let's hope for their sake that's not the case. Um I I don't know. I, I feel like you know, they they were stronger than us last season, weren't they? And and We've addressed some of the issues that we faced last season, but some of them are still going to come home to us. I guess if you... I I think I'm genuinely in a position where it's like heart says fourth, head says sixth, which that's no, no fun. I don't... i tell you what I don't think. I don't think Wolves, Leicester or Everton will be finishing above us as people seem no, to be saying. I don't, I don't think so. I mean, Leicester have, have lost Maguire, obviously. It doesn't look like they can replace him because they've got the, you've got money now. We're all, <laughs> I mean, Brighton apparently asking for 75 million for Lewis Dunk. Please, come on. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and, and Wolves um, have made a couple of low-key signings, haven't they? Nothing spectacular this time. Everton have been spending freely. Um, will they will they have a good run? I mean, that's going to be a good challenge for 7th through ninth. Um Again, yeah, Hart says 4th. God, that's desperate saying that, isn't it? Head says, head yeah. says anywhere from 4th to 6th. Look, it had only taken six extra points for United to make the Champions League last season. If you take away the early season sort of autumn slump under Mourinho and the post-PSG slump under Oli, 
you know, actually make those. Well, you yeah, won the league. Yeah, oh, that's right. If you just take that twelve-game blitz, if you just take the game where we where we won thirteen games in a row, if you just take that as representative of our season, we definitely wouldn't. We wouldn't have so, dropped any points. We'd have beaten City with like twelve. There's points. Uh, there's plenty of room for hope. I mean, if United concede say fifteen fewer goals, we're going to pick up those six points. Is is that going to be enough? It depends on and where Arsenal and Chelsea are this season. So, yeah. Anyway, sitting on the fence on this one, you know, if I, if I, had, uh, if I had to, I'd say fourth. In fact, I think I'll put a bet on it. So, I have to. I'm going to say right. fourth. Okay, so uh, um, top four, City, Liverpool, Spurs, us? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I, I think City I think will I'm, win the league because they've improved more than Liverpool has this summer. And they were better than them yeah. last season and Liverpool didn't get any injuries all the way through last season. And, you know, yeah, I I, I think I think City are going to win the league and my prediction would be they'll be winning the league by like at least six points this time. I don't necessarily think they'll completely run away with it, but I'll be surprised if Liverpool take it to the last day um, this season. I, but I do think Liverpool will finish second. I think Spurs will finish third. I guess I think it goes Arsenal and then flip a coin between Chelsea and us. But, but that isn't like... I would be completely shocked, obviously, if United finished high. And I would be really surprised if we finish above either Tottenham or Liverpool, obviously. You know, well, I think at this point, finishing above Liverpool is astronomically unlikely, but, you know, who knows? That's a depressing, depressing thought. But not actually depressing, because that's the whole point about this season, is I'm not going to be depressed by how bad United are. I, we're 40 to 1 to win the league. We have fell as far as we have done fell. Like it's happened. That's it. The, you know, if we get getting into the Champions League or not, I'm not really going to get too exercised about that. The only time now I'll have like genuine hope about United's future is if somehow the plan is to establish ourselves back in the top four and then. And there's an actual structure and an actual plan to then do the investment required mm. to take us up to the next level. Of course, level. if United or don't make the some... top four, uh, there's a pretty substantial reduction in the Adidas contract. The um, Chevrolet yeah. contract's up at the end of this season, I think. I think that's right. Oh, please, let's get a sponsor with a good <laughs> I logo. I mean, I, actually, I don't mind the uh, this year's kit with sort of black trim. I think it's it's pretty classic, better than the uh, the faded thing from last season. And and just as I say every single time, broken record about this one. There's two things I'm a broken record about. One is Nemanja Matic, and the other is I hate the look of the Chevy logo. It's so f- cheap. <laughs> yeah. They are both equally bad. They both look like they could not turn quickly. <laughs> no, well, that's true, American cars. Go fast in a straight line. Exactly. Nemanja Matic doesn't go fast in a straight line. Doesn't go fast in a straight line. It's quite good at uh, passing. Are you looking forward to still. the Europa League? Uh, United versus FC Carabag <sighs> in whatever. Where, where, where uh, is it? I, I don't know. I don't, don't think the draw has been made yet because the qualifiers haven't been completed. Right. But, uh, United versus... Someone not very good in the middle of September. An opportunity for Ali to play yeah, some kids. I just, just want to say in advance of the season that we are not going to adjust our recording schedule to accommodate the Europa League in any way. So if we cover Europa League games, 
it'll be because it suits the Premier League coverage that we'll be providing. I would rather shift our coverage for a Carabao Cup game than a Europa League <laughs> game. Like that is the Europa League, and not an, another season. Like when we won it the first time, that was quite fun because we'd never won it before. This year, I think I might just be annoyed if we win the Europa. Well, it's right into the Champions League. I mean, yeah, great. That that'll be fun, and then we'll. I oh, mind you, actually getting into the Euro- the Champions League via the Europa League did turn. No, that was no fun at all. We had a terrible season. The immediate season after that it was the severe season. So yeah, all right. No, no, don't don't care about the Europa hey, League. Just one little bit. If we if we don't get into the top four, I want to be in the Champions League next season. <laughs> <laughs> so we are saying um, Premier League, maybe, maybe not top four. City win it. Uh, and we don't really yeah. care about. Who's going to win the FA Cup? I have no idea who's going to win the FA Cup. It'd be nice for United to make, do you know, have a good run, though. Why not? I mean, if our priorities are top four, then the second priority has got to be winning the FA Cup, surely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're going to win. Let's pick some winners and stuff. Top scorer in the Premier League this season. Sergio Aguero. Okay. I'm going to go with Harry Kane. Could be either. I'm going out. No, I, I'm going to go with Mason Greenwood. <laughs> I, oh, yeah, that's my other bet. Um, United top four, Marcus Rashford, 25 goals. <laughs> wow. It's a bit of a stretch. Great. I don't think it's going to happen. He's... he's got 13 league goals last season, so. I don't think he's No, I think he'll play off the left. But he's, uh, and I think that's probably the right call. And we'll just see how, uh, what kind of form Anthony Martial's in. Because it, if he's in good form, he's a better centre forward, I think. They should give Anthony Martial the number nine shirt back as well. That's, like, that's one of the things that I'm most emotionally invested in about this season is that Martial gets, because his Instagram's still Martial nine. He hasn't let go. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I think I'm going to go with Harry Kane for top scorer because I just think that man loves he to does. score goals more than anyone else in the league. Um uh, so we've done top four. Who's going to win the Champions League this season? It's a, it's a top, it's... Real, Real Madrid. No, are win I don't the know. If they are. I mean, they've, they've not had a great preseason so far. They're, they're trying to integrate all these new players. They've they've bought well. They bought the left back they wanted. They've bought a striker. They've bought Eden Hazard. So they've they've got talent. You know, maybe they could win Champions League. Sure. Uh, Barcelona. We talked about them a little bit. Oh, it's still high quality side, but got some things they need to sort out. PSG have got a massive Neymar problem. Uh, City, I, I, like Pep said, we're not going to give up the league in order to win the Champions League. I don't think it's an either or, but clearly at some point they've got to. I mean, this is what, Pep's third or fourth season with City now? Fourth. Fourth, right? right? I mean, he's got to win the Champions League. That's that's what he's, you know, his owners want. Um, so City have got to make a really big push. And Juve, I mean, they've spent really big. Uh, they are going, they're making some compromises. So Matis Delict, I think, is an excellent signing. I mean, for sure, Tottenham did him over by playing the long ball last season. And he didn't have an awesome Nations League, um, at least the final. But I think he's... Oh, no. <laughs> he's... Uh, <laughs> Uh, for me, he's a generational talent. So, uh, you know, I think he, he's going to uh, be an excellent signing for Juve. Now, obviously, they've got Ronaldo. And we'll see whether they add Lukaku to that. Champions League winner, Romelu Lukaku. <laughs> oh, 
oh, I want that to happen so badly. Imagine how annoyed Cristiano Ronaldo is going to be with Romelu Lukaku. Imagine Romelu Lukaku is going to destroy Cristiano Ronaldo's internal well-being over the course of a season. He is not going to be able to handle playing with Lukaku. There's no way, no way. A bunch of like really nice, patient young lads couldn't handle Romelu Lukaku letting him down. Ronaldo's going to kill Romelu Lukaku by the end of the season, or at least try. (laughs) If Romelu Lukaku has a car accident where his brakes fail in about like April or March or April next season, at FBI, you need to be going and looking at Cristiano Ronaldo's internet (laughs) history. Well, at FBI needed to be looking at Cristiano Ronaldo for many other reasons, but... Well, we won't go on to that. So you, I didn't answer your question, but I think it's probably Barca, Real Madrid, City, Juve are the... Is that... Uh... <laughs> oh, wait, so you think that Barcelona, Real Madrid, Manchester City and Juventus are famous so. in the Champions League? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's that kind of analysis that you don't get on the Atlantic because <laughs> they didn't buy us out. <laughs> The Atlantic, yeah. even. The Atlantic's quite The Atlantic different. is very different, um, yeah. The, but it sounds sort of similar. The... the the thing that I would say is that you make a lot of very good points, but Zinedine Zidane has a 100% record of winning the Champions League, so I think it'll be fine. Has Gareth Bale gone to China, no, or did I dream No, that? so, God, well, this is crazy. So Zinedine Zidane has spent the whole um, summer insulting Gareth Bale. Uh, he called him the golfer, said it's best that he goes, you know, said he's got no place in the team publicly. Not not just in private, wow. doing everything he he can to ship Bale out. Bale has dug his heels in him and um, Jonathan Barnett, his agent, uh, saying, "Look, we're not going to go unless you buy out our contract." This contract, um, there was an offer from China. It was a free transfer, but they'd take on his wages. Uh, Zidane wants this. It would have freed up wages for Paul Pogba. Um, if if would Bale have gone? And Bale um, agreed a contract, in fact, double your money contract of a million pounds a week, apparently, was in China to sign the deal, and Florentino Perez pulled it. That's amazing! <laughs> That's amazing! Oh! I kind of wish that I'd followed football coverage just for that, although the moment of discovering it just now was pretty pure. So It's a great story. I mean... I don't know what they're going to oh, do with Bale. Mad. They're going to have a, a a player who's quite happy to go play golf. And, uh, I, I mean, his apparently head wasn't in the game, so he didn't go on tour with Real Madrid and, and went off and uh, played golf instead. I mean, shout out to Edward Wood. Uh, we've given you a lot of stick on this podcast and we'll continue to do so. But shout out to Edward Wood for at least not buying Gareth Bale because he must have been tempted while all that was going on. Just like on the phone to China, be like, I'll oh, come and get you, Gareth. <laughs> One of his emergency trips home. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. They, there you go. So what What haven't we done? Uh, the women's, women's season women's preview. Season preview. Yeah, no, I think we should talk about do. this a little bit because they, they brought in some players. So they um, the women's team had a pretty busy summer um, planning for their first season in the Women's Super League. Uh, so they brought in uh, Mary Earps, who's a goalkeeper, um, will compete with uh, Siobhan Chamberlain for the number one spot. They brought in uh, Jackie Grunen, um the uh, Dutch midfielder who was pretty impressive in the World Cup, I thought. Um, they brought in uh, Jackie Ladd from West Ham, who's a Scottish striker. Uh, but they have lost Alex Greenwood, the left back, who's one of the best players 
um, for the team last season to Leon, as we mentioned earlier. So busy summer, a bit of disappointment about losing Alex Greenwood. Um, and so obviously, like, this is a consolidation season, isn't it? This is, I mean, I know we're Man United, etc., but they have just got promoted. And so you wouldn't expect them to be challenging Arsenal and City at this no, stage. No, wouldn't. I mean, you know, five signings, one one left. Um, it's consolidation. Make sure uh, the club is um, uh, doesn't get relegated. I mean, I think there's only one mm. or two, rele- two relegation spots out of 14. Mm. And, uh, you know, so it's a fairly short season anyway. Uh, season begins with an away trip to Manchester City on 7th of September, which will be live on the Oof. new Premier League streaming app, but also will be at the Etihad. So we'd imagine a really good crowd as well. So, oh, yeah. uh, And apparently there will... I was absolutely sure you were setting up for a joke about there not being a good crowd because it was at the Etihad. But then I realised that your, you know, your right-onness superseded your hatred of Manchester City. <laughs> yeah, there. yeah, yeah. We'll, st- we'll stay woke. So we'll see if they can beat the uh, the men's team. <laughs> Uh, for crowd, um, I, no, I think that there'll be uh, plenty of uh, United fans there, obviously, and, and probably some City fans too. And and there's been talk of um, a, a few more games being played at Premier League grounds, which is, you know, it's an interesting debate, really, isn't it? Because in one sense, it's pretty patronising, but the other sense, it gives a lot more people a chance to go see some women's Super League games, uh, which I think is a, a good mm-hmm. thing. Um, and you build it and they will come. And it's been proven that Juventus and Atletico Madrid, um, women's teams, that when you play at the main stadium, lots and lots of people turn up because it creates some buzz. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And uh, I guess, well, you in particular, if I know your football-watching habits, uh, will probably be watching a lot of United Women this season. I will. That sounded wrong when you put it like that. I will be... I, I I just meant you watch more football than most humans. Yes. Ed. I, I, I shall be. I shall be watching the, the plenty of games. I think it, it'll be good. It'll be um, yeah. you know, and and, and look, I don't expect uh, United to be win winning the women's Super League. Although it'll be pretty competitive because a lot of the teams have uh, lost key players. So City lost uh, Nicky Paris, which is you know a big one for them. Um, uh, Arsenal let the Dutch goalkeeper go. Uh, you know, there's been a few changes. So. Um, it'll be uh, pretty competitive, I imagine. Um, also, um, it, for football watchers, since we're on that, uh, no Spanish league TV deal at all in England. Oh, so, what? yeah, don't. That's mad. Why don't Sky Sports just buy? I mean, I guess like Sky Sports when they first split off from doing, you know, when they changed from Sky Sports one, two, three, four, five to having like branding. One of the things they had was a, oh, maybe it was just a football channel and La Liga. Was yeah, on that's that. right. Yeah. But the content they they do lack content. Sky Sports, not not during the summer when you could watch cricket every day. But apart from that, you know they do actually lack for content. Be interesting. So I mean, because it, really it's on eleven sports and and uh, they're struggling somewhat. So we'll see. I'm sure someone will pick it up. Um, and uh, there are other streaming services available uh, with which to watch um, uh, La Liga, which would be interesting yeah. this season. Um, can Real Madrid challenge Barcelona? Um, they'll also be um, uh, not quite sure I, why I went on this tangent about European football. There'll be very interesting uh, um, uh, challenge in um, Italy as well with Juve. Can anyone challenge them? Probably not. Can anyone challenge PSG? Probably I mean, not. Is that in- can is anyone that- challenge Bayern? Definitely not. At all. So. 
Well, I mean, Borussia did get close last season, but I mean, we talked a lot about how everything was really close in 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 a couple of the and then, leagues, and then it wasn't after we predicted a whitewash. But but exactly who you thought would win won every league. So, I mean, we could get what would this be the third? How many seasons in a row? This would then be the third season in a row of uh, City, Juventus, Bayern, and Barcelona, which and PSG, obviously. And that's like extremely likely yeah, yeah. to happen. Seems like I would it. Say, remember, I mean, Barcelona might be cl- that might be that might be the closest one out of all of them. I would say. Um. So, and they've got Leo Messi, so it's probably not going to be that close. <laughs> no, that's right. Um. Anyway, slight diversion from the um. Oh, uh, one last prediction question: Who do you think is going to be top scorer in the league this season? Let. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> Who do you think is going to get the most assists in La Liga this Kieran season? Kieran Trippier. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, brilliant. So before we get into our Chelsea preview, um, at the back end of the summer, I had the pleasure of being on the Rooney Rewind podcast, um, a uh, a project, a side project of the Busby Babe project podcast, um, the SB Nation Busby Babe podcast, uh, where Colin Dams um, talks to various people about the career of Wayne Rooney. Now, Colin was a massive Wayne Rooney fan, so a lot of my appearance on his podcast was apologising to him for all the things we've said over the years. Um, but yeah, he's been listening to ours for a long time and it was a pleasure to have a little chat with him. Well, I'm very pleased to say that we're joined on the Rankcast today by Colin Dams, a writer and podcaster for The Busby Babe um, and host of a brand new project, um, a brand new podcast project, which we'll talk a little bit about today. How are you doing, Colin? Um, great. It's fantastic to be here. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Also, this is one of those things where you know, we do two two jobs at once because I'm a, about to record a guest appearance on on your summer <laughs> podcast project. I wonder if you could tell the people a little bit about what what that is. Yeah, so uh, for this summer, uh, the off season, as we Americans call it, uh, I've been doing a podcast for the Busby Babe on SB Nation called the Rooney Rewind, uh, where I look back on Wayne Rooney's Manchester United career, uh, examine some of the highs and lows of it, and try to put a label on what we think his legacy is with each of the guests I have on. Um, I, I started this to try and figure out what everyone's perspective on Wayne Rooney was, because for me as sort of a younger Manchester United fan, he's always been my footballing hero. Uh, and to me is Sorry, my favorite. Just, man. Just, on, on behalf of our podcast, I would like to apologize for all the things we've said. Over the years. <laughs> yeah, no worries. But but that's that's part of the reason I wanted to do this podcast and uh, talk with other Manchester United fans, because uh, for as many goals as he scored and, you know, as popular as he was for, I guess, my generation of United fans, there, there was a very... Uh, he's sort of a divisive player uh, in Manchester United history, and uh, there are particular moments like his contract dispute uh, and with Sir Alex Ferguson going public and saying that he demanded a transfer request. Um, and then, of course, when the, the later years when he's, his form started declining, but he was still getting paid enormous wages and starting every game for the club, uh, that sort of started this debate about you know how good he actually was anymore and whether he should stay at the club. And then finally... You know, when he did achieve this uh, record goal scoring mark, uh, he was past it by that point. So it, it, he has a very interesting uh, Manchester United career, and I, I wanted to take a closer, I guess, historical look at it. Yeah, it's definitely a, a subject worthy of, uh, it, you know, there's enough content there to do a pretty deep investigation, I guess. what's What have been your kind of key takeaways so far from doing the podcast? 
Um, definitely the uh, uh, fans closer in age uh, to me have a similar uh, perspective on Wayne Rooney that uh, he's more of a Manchester United hero than a villain at times. And I, some of the older fans that I've talked to have definitely been appreciative of Wayne Rooney's uh, accomplishments at the club, but they do have specific turning points in uh, their uh, perspective of him. And the contract dispute is, I think, the main one. Uh, this idea that he would go and play for Manchester City was such a huge letdown for so many Manchester United fans. And understandably, because at the time, we were seeing Manchester City evolve into what they are now. And the idea of Manchester United losing their best player to them was, you know, very distasteful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so... Uh, the Busby Babe. Can you can you talk to us a little bit about about what that is? Yeah. So the Busby Babe is uh, SB Nation's website for Manchester United uh, blogs. So uh, the staff there produce um, a lot of the times opinion articles, but also uh, keep readers up to date on basic Manchester United news. Um, and we've expanded a little bit by doing the podcast, uh, which is. Uh, my co-host Matt and I do a weekly podcast, keeping up with Manchester United, and uh, I've, I've tried that's to. A ter- that's, a ter- that's a terrible idea. I'll never. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got a lot of competition for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, I, I've tried to expand the content a little bit more um, to cover, I guess, Manchester United history, since that's a passion of mine as well as just keeping up with Manchester United. So, uh, expanding the content as well as. Uh, expanding the research. So you say that United history is a, a passion of yours. What's your history with the club? What? How did you end up on the on the United train? Right. So uh, my father is a United fan, but it's, he's a Rotherham <laughs> United fan. Uh, <laughs> but as a true Northerner, uh, he picked a Premier League club or a first division in his time club uh, that he could root for as well. And most of the time, that was Manchester United, and um, that. Uh, was the club that when we started getting Premier League over here, I started paying attention to. Uh, but before that, even um, I got all these Manchester United books and uh, DVDs for my grandparents for Christmas and my birthday, and I just you know became obsessed with this club that I had never actually seen play before until 2005 2006 season. And Ruud van Nistelrooy and Wayne Rooney really drew me <laughs> at that point. Yeah, that's a pretty pretty exciting bunch of players to be drawn in by and an interesting time as well because sort of a real um there was was definitely a momentum building around that time wasn't there yeah it was it was really exciting i I definitely didn't think that we looked like a team in the decline which at the time uh i guess in hindsight or looking back historically a lot of people were not happy with the direction manchester united was going in the mid-2000s but um, it turned out Ferguson knew what he was doing, I guess. <laughs> it, it certainly did. Um, so where can people keep up with all the, uh, with the podcasts, with the, with the Busby Babe? Right. So uh, the busbybabe.com is where all of our articles go up. Um, you can follow and uh, you'll have to create an account with SB Nation to sign in on the website if you want to comment or participate in the discussions or the threads. But uh, I would encourage it. Um, it. It's where we get a lot of our feedback is in the comments. And uh, we put up a lot of community polls to vote on the uh, the opinions of fans for Manchester United, you know, current events. 
And uh, you can follow the podcast by subscribing to it on Apple Podcasts or we're also on Stitcher and Spotify. Um, you look up the Busby Babe. I think it's called the Busby Babe for Manchester United fans. And it's set up as a stream. So you'll get the Busby Babe regular episodes as well as the Rooney Rewind episodes. Fantastic. Thanks for joining us, Colin. And uh, all the best with the with the Busby Babe for the season ahead. Yep. Brilliant. Thanks for having me, Paul. So a massive thanks to Colin for joining us. And as as we said, you can find uh, their podcast if you just search Busby Babe in all your podcast apps. And also um, there's some really good writing on the Busby Babe, which is the SB Nation imprint of uh, for Manchester United. Very nice. Very nice. Wayne Rooney, Derby County player coach. It still sounds Absolutely weird. Absolutely extraordinary. Yeah. But, but not player no, no, manager, which is what Philip I first Philip Koku thought. is the new manager. The Koku Rooney dream team that everyone's been yeah. waiting for. What a yeah. world. I think it's weird that he's going from DC United to Derby County, whose uh, Twitter is at DCFC. He's going from Dar- DC United to His brain couldn't cope with a, a bigger chain. <laughs> Different letters. And also, they're both, they're both within the first four letters of the alphabet. A, B, D, E, A. He's a very clever man and he's very his football intelligence is excellent. I bet he'll be quite a good coach. That'd be my guess about Wayne Rooney, having heard him talk about football a little bit. I know. I like to years. make fun. So, Chelsea. Yeah. At Old Trafford. This Talking of Wayne Sunday. Rooney. So, this is... An absolute six-pointer. <laughs> this is already... <laughs> like, we're already is... deciding the top four on this one. <laughs> yeah. It's a genuinely massive game. Like, a loss would be really bad. Um, I, How have they looked in pre-season? Any idea what Chelsea's pre-season's been like? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get up Chelsea's pre-season. You do? Well, I, I have no idea um, at all. I haven't... I mean, you know, it was. I, I watched more of pre- United's pre-season than I really wanted to. And when I say that, I watched all of United's preseason. Um, so yeah, I have no idea what Chelsea have been. They won at Red Bull Salzburg or something like that. I think I saw that one. Um, and obviously, they, yeah, they so spent they, most of the summer trying to get a manager. They drew with Bohemians, beat St. Patrick's, beat no lost to Kawasaki Frontale in uh, Yokohama, um, beat Barcelona. Football's weird, isn't it? You lose it. One, one day you lose to Kawasaki Frontale, the next day you beat Barcelona, and then they beat Reading and Salzburg and drew with Mönchengladbach. Um, so, yeah, they've mixed mixed results. But, I mean, where are their goals going to come from? Where are Chelsea's goals going to I mean, Olivier Giroud's going to bang a hat-trick at Old Trafford now, I've said that. But the, the, their number one spot is being fought out between Giroud, Batshuayi and Tammy Abraham. I, I mean, it's, yeah, like, it's pretty... I mean, who had a decent season at Championship level last season. Batshuayi hasn't had a decent season in like the last six years, as far as I can tell. His goals, his goals per minute is amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, and uh, Giroud, hmm. Good stuff, I mean, that's, good stuff. That's, I guess they're hoping goals will come from elsewhere. I mean, Christian Pulisic was a reasonable scorer before he got dumped out of the team for signing for another club halfway through the season. Um, William William will add the odd goal. Pedro used to score freely, but it's a long time since he really did. And I guess they're really hoping that Callum Hudson-Odoi will, um, will you know, cement a place in the side and, and add some creativity. Who's going to replace Eden Hazard, though? I mean, I guess, assuming that he's fit, Hudson and Doyle will be in the starting eleven. 
Because this is this was a huge thing, wasn't it? I wonder whether we'll see. I mean, we'll definitely see Kante re- returned to the base of midfield. I think Frank Lampard's going to play Kante as a register, um, or well, not a register, even a number eight, as Sorry was playing him as. I'm sure we'll see Kante as a six, um, and that'll be a problem for United because you know Kante as a six is a problem for any team. But United's midfield is is the clearly the area of our greatest weakness. What I'd like to see, I guess, is uh, I guess that maybe Kante's presence will mean Lingard is more likely than Mata, because Lingard can perhaps try and occupy Kante a bit and leave Pogba some room to try and do some damage. I wonder if that'll be that'll be like a key part of yeah, the strategy. Yeah, uh, if United haven't sold Pogba before um, <laughs> before Sunday. <laughs> Uh, we'll see. I mean, like Chelsea are also not that strong in midfield. Ross Barkley hasn't had a good season uh, while at Chelsea. Danny Drinkwater, I think, is dead, but but there are rumours he's think, still alive. Uh, Giorgino, I mean, is he, he he's still at Chelsea? I guess they can't sell him, but he's a very sorry player. I mean, where's he going to play? Is he going to play as a traditional number eight for Chelsea? That's not going to suit him. Room Loftus cheek is knee injured. I think he got a knee injury, didn't he? Um, Matteo Kovacic didn't have a great season for Chelsea and they signed him because they needed players and maybe they'll integrate Mason Mount who did have a good season season for Derby he did but he had a good season in the championship and and you know that's it's a it's just an astronomical step below in terms of especially especially in midfield you know that's the the level of the speed of the game the pressure that you're under it's just a completely different kettle of fish isn't it so our starting lineup am i right in thinking it's basically going to be De Gea, the back four we talked about earlier, so Shaw, Lindelof, Maguire. Yeah, Bambasaka. I mean, they're going to have to play Maguire, even though he's a little undercooked, because the the other option is, I mean, Phil Jones looked like he got a hamstring injury the other day. I'm not sure he's fit. <laughs> Phil Jones always looks like he's got a hamstring injury. Uh, or he's either just had a hamstring injury or just about to <laughs> have right. a hamstring injury or has a hamstring injury. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, Maguire's going to have to play, even if he is a little undercooked. I mean, plus he needs minutes, right? So uh, it will be that back four. Then Pogba plus plus McTominay, it looks like. Um, So has has McTominay been starting ahead of Well, it's pre-season, so it's hard to say who's starting ahead of anyone. You know, there's just been so many changes all the time. That's a hard one. I mean, if he plays Matic, then Pogba's playing at 10. There's McTominay, Matic and Pogba uh, okay. and then it's Rashford, Martial and then one other playing wide right. And I think it will be Mason Greenwood. It just it see I mean, he's made the best case in the summer, I'd say. Yeah. Um has Alexis Sanchez he's injured. Been involved he got in an injury in the uh Copper America. Oh, uh, okay. Good. Um so I'm gonna guess then. And it really, I mean, it's even more of a guess because I haven't even seen any of preseason. But I'm actually going to guess Pogba and Matic alongside each other in that double pivot. Um, and Lingard, Greenwood, Rashford, Martial. Martial up front. And I hope that isn't the team because I, every week I'm going to say I hope Nemanja Matic isn't in our team. That's just, sorry, everyone. That's what's happening. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's going to look like, you know, uh, Jorginho versus Nemanja Matic is going to look like the game's been played in permanent slow motion. <laughs> I, I have to say, I obviously Chelsea are, uh, are far from the easiest team that you could start against, but I don't want to speak too soon, but it does feel like quite a good matchup against us. It feels like, you know, it, it, styles make fights, as they say, and it does feel like uh, our weaknesses. 
they don't necessarily have exactly the right tools to exploit our weaknesses, and we potentially do have some of the right tools to exploit their no, weaknesses. No, that's, that's so, right. I, I, so I, I think I think you're right, and uh, and United do have momentum coming into this. I mean, they're a bit messy against Milan defensively, but apart from that, they hardly conceded a goal. That one, the one against Spurs, wasn't it? Um, so they've they've looked reasonably tight defensively, even at, without Harry Maguire and even with Marcus Rocco. Even without the world's most. <laughs> my friend Josh, um, I said, "Is Maguire any good?" Because, like, that's my big question of the summer: is is Harry Maguire good? And he was like, "He's the most expensive defender in the world," and his nickname Slabhead. And if you don't like that, you're a Tory, <laughs> which I really enjoyed. Um, so yeah, um, hashtag welcome Slabhead and all that. Um, I mean, how annoyed must be was Harry Maguire be that that stuck when Jamie Vardy started calling him Slabhead? That just must be. He so does annoying. have an unusually big head. It, it just looks big. Sure, it looks so, like in I, all the in the social material that they did for him, you know, on that kind of retro background they've been doing this summer. It looks like someone accidentally expanded his head size. It's it, it's it's you like in as a Photoshop joke. Oh, when I'm putting this together, listen, I'm just going to increase his head size by twenty five percent. When I go into, I went into a shop that specifically sells hats. A shop in Birmingham called the Hat Man. And in the hat man, they didn't have a hat big enough for my head. So listen, so, slabhead solidarity here, like unusually hot, large heads of the world unite and take over to steal a uh, catchphrase from a much better podcast. Um, all right, what's your prediction then, Ed? Ooh, I- I'm going to go with momentum uh, in a scrappy 2-1 win for United. Yeah, I'm actually going to go for a 2-0 win to United because um, and I think I think it's the first day of the season that's always a bit odd and I think we're going to get an inflated sense of how good United are from that game and then it's all going to come horribly crashing around by, around our, by our ears. And we'll be here to cover all of it. We're going to be here for the whole season. Um, there'll be the odd one we can't do, as there, there always is, but for the most part, we'll be here every single week. Um we haven't we we don't have the facility to say like right this is definitely the day the podcast comes out every week we we would love to do that but um but basically we just we get it out when we can managing editor at the athletic if you want to make a late (laughs) transfer season bid to sign us up on seven figure contracts (laughs) <laughs> we are, we are we are potentially open to that um but we will continue to be proudly crowdfunded by the good people of patreon.com and if you are one of the people that backs us at five dollars a month plus vat um uh then you'll get a bit of extra bonus content and this week just want to apologize to everyone in america who backs us because we're going to talk about cricket for half an cricket, hour <laughs> the exciting form of baseball yeah yeah, exactly. All right. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. We're so happy to be back for now. I'm genuinely, I'm, I was absolutely sick of the sight of this podcast by the end of last season, but I am buzzing to do another season of this. Great. I, I'm looking forward to it too. Looking forward to Marcus Rocco and Phil Jones lining up for United in the back four on Sunday. Yeah, I said. Yeah, I said. All right. See you next week, everyone. Bye now.